Joel and I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which we stand, the Wurundjeri people and the Kurnagana people respectively. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hello my little fanglers and winglers, my name is Madinette and this is the Cinemangs Podcast. We're back, we're here again. With me is uh, the number one child... I was going to add something onto that, but then I was like, wait, that would be horrible. Why would I describe you as anything to do with children other than being a child? It's Joel. Um, I am the number one place for elderly people in Gippsland. Okay. Welcome. That's close to children. I thought you were just going to not respond and just let me keep talking <laughs> into oblivion. <laughs> just doing this episode by myself. That's, that's a big fear of mine, man. It's just one day you'll decide... I don't want to talk in this episode. <laughs> no, don't. No, no, no. What's going on, man? We just talked pre-show about mm. what's going on. So instead, yeah. I want to do a good old throwback to the early episodes where we describe our surroundings because yeah, your your <laughs> one in particular is new. <laughs> It is. Well, it's it's not new in the sense that I've moved to a new place. It's just new in the sense no. that I'm sitting at Drew's desk because that's where I am right now. And let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, recorded the podcast there. Drew, friend of the show, he was on our mid-90s episode. Drew's got some yep, funny things on up. his desk. <laughs> um, Drew's, my, my favorite is the um, is the small ceramic frog that hold, holding up a sign at his sort of chest level. He's sitting there with his legs crossed. He's holding up a sign that says in big black letters, kiss me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then next to that is uh, the very small uh, porcelain Japanese cat figure uh, mm-hmm. that um, also friend of the show, Reese, got. He, I think he found like four of them at uh, an op shop and he like distributed no. them to all of if, us. If- even weirder, they gave them away at some restaurant he went to. Oh, yeah, that is uh, weird. Because they're little, That's they're so little nice. chopstick holders. Oh, yeah. I see. Either I... either that or we, we're friends with a thief. That's true. Um, we probably are friends with a thief. Wait, why is it not well, an option that I'm he could have bought them? Um... I don't know, man. People don't. <laughs> people normally stick to their like. I've never been to a restaurant in my life where they sell the plate. That's true. Yeah, that's um, that's true. Which is something we should look into after yeah. the podcast. Follows. Okay, here's something. Do you ever think and about we go bankrupt? You, <laughs> that's true. With all the money that we have from this podcast right now. Yeah, man. Um, Invested in no, no. Okay, listen to this. Santos. Do you ever think about how at restaurants where you get like a bread bowl of soup? How they never that done is, it? But that is, okay, I know well, it. I can highly recommend it because it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Eat the bowl. Eat the soup. Eat the bowl. It's great. But they give you the bread bowl on another plate, and I, I isn't think- a bread bowl just like a a, a real soft pie? Oh shit! You know what I mean. No, it's, it's not. Like no, 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 it's thing, not. It's but... not. It's not. That's ridiculous. No, a pie. A pie has a crust. A pie has <laughs> a, a pie has yeah. a crust. And yeah. A bread. And what is a, what is a ah. softer version of a crust? Fuck bread. <laughs> <laughs> you dang got me there. Um, and then a soft version of filling is wet filling. The cold soup. You know. So, and you know what happens when you use a knife to to slice bread sometimes you call that a cutoff you know what this week's mm-hmm. movie is joel it's mixed cutoff good on good old good old me good old me old friend of ours that, that that fucking idiot he's a good he's a good friend don't worry um yeah, yeah. mixed cutoff so you came to me with this movie probably two wait or three what were you gonna ago. say about the bread bowl I was just going to remark that it's I need crazy a, i need closure it's crazy that they serve an edible bowl on another on a plate you know what i mean why don't you just give them the fucking yeah. bowl and they eat the bowl and they get crumbs everywhere and it doesn't matter well have you ever been served a palmer in like a, a in a, a car? cardboard box in a cardboard box uh not specifically a palmer but i have eaten some cardboard food yeah yeah and you know how it like gets soggy yeah yeah now imagine instead of cardboard it's bread but do you, you don't you're not you supposed don't want to that eat going the, on the you're table you're not supposed to eat the cardboard 
Yeah, but what I what I'm saying is <laughs> is 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 if you have that cardboard on the table, it gets the table all greasy and gross. Yeah, that's true. Which is why you put a a plate underneath. A plate it. underneath. It's, it's it. pretty. It's pretty simple. Okay, but um, wouldn't it be crazier if a restaurant served you a palmer in a cardboard box on a plate when you were sitting at a table? <laughs> <laughs> um, this, I think we should start a restaurant. Uh, to be then. honest, I, I feel like. Uh, I feel like that's been done. There's, I'm, really? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's there's plenty restaurants in less mindful places where they serve you your fucking rice and beans mm. in a styrofoam box on a plate on a napkin on a chair <laughs> on a table. <laughs> they put the chair on the table. <laughs> um. Anyway, I did a perfect segue, and then you were like, "No, shut up. Let's not talk about the movie." Uh, but now we're going to talk so about. I got to cut you off real shut quick. Shut up, you fucking twat. <laughs> this week it's mixed cut off. Um. So mm-hmm. you came to me with this movie probably three weeks ago, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I love cut off. Mixed cut off. Yeah, Michael's cut off." <laughs> it, um. You came to me with this movie like three weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to watch a movie that I've never heard of before because I like it when you do that and I usually enjoy it. And then I went about three weeks being like, no, I don't want to watch that movie today. (laughs) So I finally did watch it. And of course I enjoyed it. And I'm really glad you brought it to me. But man, it's so, isn't it just fucking hard to just watch something you don't recognize that's not like familiar to you? (laughs) Uh, in, 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 In like the more vulnerable times, it's, it's really an issue, and I think a lot of people have this issue of, like, getting stuck in media loops. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just never... You're very rarely ever actually going and looking at something new because yeah. there's... For fear of not being comfortable, which is fair enough, especially when... In times where comfort is a major luxury that you want to want to hold on to. Mm. Um, and it's something that like we in the, in the rely on. And, yeah, uh, yeah. With lockdowns, we're all relying so much on our comfort foods and comfort mm-hmm. experiences because it's like just takes quite a bit more effort to like branch and you know, out. You know who had a more comfortable experience somehow than normal is a little man I like to call Paul Dano. Oh, Paul Dano! This- my guy! <laughs> my guy, Paul Dano. He... Um, in researching for this episode, um, which you know I didn't do enough of, yeah, but I tried. <laughs> you opened for a the Wikipedia bit. page half an hour um, ago. <laughs> uh, well, I went to listen to a podcast about the movie and mm. see some other people's takes on it, and there was this podcast which is called "Is Paul Dano Okay?" Where they just go <laughs> through different Paul Dano movies. Dude, it's like Legos on the and it made but... me think. Yeah, and it made me think because we've even realised I think separate from the internet all realizing this as well, that Paul Dano is constantly getting beat the fuck up yeah. in all the movies and that he's in. Crying. He's he's yeah. got a lot going on, man. Oh man. He's yeah. And normally shit. he's got some sort of insanity running through his veins. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. normally it's like a, he's a Catholic. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well um, I, I think the, the, the one that we're both really thinking of is There Will Be Blood because that's like yeah. probably his most powerful and then, performance. Prisoners or whatever that one's the shitty one is. Is he? Oh, he is also in Prisoners. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's in, a guy who gets beaten. He's yeah. In that one, I think doesn't he's he play? He's a pure just. He's purely just a pig there for to get hit. <laughs> that's horrible. I think he's disabled. That's in that really movie, horrible. Dude. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's meant to be like the the. The, uh, the person that you don't know who did it or not and yeah. for the whole movie is getting tortured. Mm. My question to you is... Uh, Why do I like prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Um, it, do you think uh, this movie, he comes out on top, you know? Is this a plus in the... Can we put this on a plus total or the negative total for Paul oh, Dano yeah. violence in a film? Does get hit. Look, for Paul... Definitely for, gets hit in the film. For Paul Dano, I think, personally, uh, he comes out okay because he's generally, yeah. like, the more sort of hopeful and positive guy and the movie ends on a really ambiguous note and if you're running on yeah. the hope of Paul Dano's character, then they did find water. But yeah. that leads us nicely into... He's a dick, into, though, and he, and he yeah. does gaslight his, his wife. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the... <laughs> it's Yeah, that's, um, that's how it apparently went for the last all of time uh, and still goes anyway um i want to talk about the ending of this movie because i think it's probably uh (laughs) okay (laughs) the most like 
dramatic. It's like the reason that I have realized I've really, really, really enjoyed this movie is just talking yep. about the ending with people who haven't seen this movie because I haven't fucking met anyone who's seen this movie. But um, what did you think of the ending? So what, like, what do you think physically happened to the people? What do you think the conclusion was? Because they don't really say anything at the end and it's ambiguous whether they found water or not. So what do you think, they, um, what do you think happened? Well, first of all, I'd like to speak to the value of an open-ended ending and not knowing totally what happens. Yeah. Um, which I really like. It's uh, it's a bit of it's like what uh, old 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 uh, what's his face? The guy who directed Batman, <laughs> Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Christopher Nolan tried to do with Inception, yeah, but less gimmicky. Um, I yeah, even, I, I, even that. I think that's only become gimmicky because of Inception's popularity. Like, I still think that's a fucking spectacularly good ending. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, um, <laughs> not, but it, this is more decision. like. I like to think that they died. <laughs> yeah. Personally, because I feel like it's um, this movie really. Even if they did find water, there's a chance they could have died as well. Yeah. You th- think about that. Like, just because they find water, they're still fucking totally. Yeah, that doesn't stuck in the middle problems. of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why it was a very interesting feel- thing about this movie is how you know, uh, a lot of people watching this would say, "I just watched nothing happen." for mm. <laughs> an yeah. hour and 30 minutes and a lot of the proposed story would would have go on to happen after the events of the film yeah um but yeah i, I like to think that they died <laughs> yeah i so the, the... <laughs> and the indian guy walks on and he's secretly like uh a a ghost of the night yeah also just just a quick interjection about like the open endings thing um I have been watching a lot of, uh, like, the 2015 uh, teen dystopia movies, like Hunger Games movies and all that stuff with my housemates recently. God. And we watched, we watched <laughs> the last two Hunger Games movies, and they're, they're whatever, you know. They're, they're interesting in the way they, like, deal with, like, war and propaganda and stuff, but also they're based on a book that already... So whatever. But the for anyone who hasn't seen Hunger Games, spoilers for the ending, but... Um, when Katniss uh, draws her bow to shoot President Snow, like after the war is finished and everything, she draws her arrow <laughs> and then she points it up and she shoots uh, President Coin, who's meant to be like an ally. And my and the movie like that happens and she shoots President Coin and then the, <laughs> shut up, motherfucker! I'm trying to talk. And then oh, yeah, the movie, I'm just laughing at people's names. Yeah, um, the movie <laughs> continues for like another like 20 minutes of just like yeah. you know aftermath shit. But my housemate yeah. Abby pointed out that it would have been so much fucking better if they just like ended the movie on this shot of Katniss like just raising her bow and letting the arrow loose and you didn't know whether she shot coin or snow or whatever like it's just because that you know they built up the tension enough that she could have shot either of them and it would have made sense but like it would have just been so much more powerful if they just been like yeah just cut to black like I I I don't know I would have enjoyed that movie a lot more but anyway so the ending and and to mm. go with that sort of style of to- storytelling, this is sort of the way I view this movie as almost as a cautionary tale. Yeah. Like, this movie is the story that, you know, you tell about the Western frontier and the dangers of it. And in, you know, classic storytelling, like around the fire sort of stuff, having that open-ended th- uh, way, of, way of ending it is really valuable because it makes you focus about focus on all the decisions leading up to that. Yeah. And that those are the really the important things that happen rather than the the end result because that end result good or bad could have been avoided as a situation all along if, you know, well, in the example of tale if they had to listen to the women. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 not funny. Um, and not followed the crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um that's the- why it's called Meek's Cutoff. Meek's cut off, right? It's his. It's his like, uh, like realization that he yeah. just fucking doesn't. He, he doesn't know anything. So, do you think the, that's a reference to the story cutting off as well? Maybe Is that I intentional. Think, do you think? I think. Uh, I I, I feel like it's about that moment in, at the end where he looks yeah. at where the group looks at him and they're like, "What the fuck do we do?" And he's like, "Man, I he, like." <laughs> 
the Indian is I've been lying. Now. Like, I'd have no yeah. idea. So, also, just a um, asterisk, uh, the character played by Ron, Rod Rondo, um, he is credited as the Indian, and we refer to him yeah. as such, not because, like, for political incorrectness, but he is referred to as the Indian. So, that's how Although we do believe, Although, I do believe it's split amongst Indian, Native American tribes, whether they want to be called native americans or american indians no that's so, what I, that's what i mean but the character is yeah, is credited as the, the indian, indian so we're just gonna yeah that. and and that is a comment on um on westerns itself is the idea that in old westerns right you never have the indian have a voice where, where mm. in this movie the indian yeah doesn't have a voice, but by not having a voice, they have the strongest voice of all. Yeah, because it's very well written. His in his that way. his um like his speaking his native tongue is just this pretty good reminder that like it, it's just a, like a reminder that this is a colonist story that like these people yeah. who are our quote unquote heroes are still invaders in in the Indians' yeah. land and like the 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 thing the the interpretation of the ending that gives me the most goosebumps is that he like because you know the last shot is him just walking off into the distance and yeah it's ambiguous whether he has led them to water and he's just sort of like all right our deal is done i'm leaving you guys have got your water i've got my life whatever we're done yeah or that he he's delivered them to he, death yeah he just yeah. led them out into the middle of nowhere as this flex of like you guys yeah, know fucking nothing. Like, you have absolutely yeah. no power out here. You just trusted me for the last two months th- thinking that I was leading you to water and the whole time I was just, like, you know, laughing behind my behind my hand. Like, and he just he just walks off as if, like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, you should have you should have expected this. You should have seen this coming. And, like, the, the, the mix cutoff thing, I think, is, is like, like, that moment where they look to their quote-unquote guide yeah. and they're, like, Mick, what the fuck do we do? And he's just like, he realizes like, oh, nah, man, like he's, the, he's God now. Like he, I, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. So, and he's both that, you know, this, this almost God figure in the story while still being realistically portrayed as, portrayed as someone who is dealing with a situation that is both uh, incredibly dr- damaging and just totally alien alien yeah, to him yeah. with yeah. how like he's just constantly observing and you know yeah he's just which is uh also to the point of this uh him being this god figure as well is you know the constant observation the omnipotence but at the same time it, it it's yeah it's interesting like dual thing of him being this you know just human with you know that doesn't really have the answers doesn't know how to communicate and you know theoretically had no idea what they were saying at any point yeah um and just sort of went along with it to for sheer survival yeah yeah it's really well done that Isn't especially it? considering the way they play the relationship with um what's the character's name the, the woman um, emily tetherow yeah like builds a yeah. Sort of friendship with him yeah almost some form of trust yeah yeah Yeah. and yeah it's 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 sort of the exclamation mark that the the last shot it cuts between the indian walking off and emily sort of looking through the branches of the trees watching him walk off and you can just see in her face sort of realizing like oh fuck (laughs) like that that this might be it you know like (laughs) but it's i i just i love how uh that ending just sort of like every every little shot in an ending like that can mean something super dramatic, yeah. right? Because like when, you know when they first walk up the tree, it's got it's got green foliage, so you're like, oh fuck, that can mean water. And then the kid just straight up says it. He's like, mum, the tree can't go without water, right? And she, I think she, I'm not sure if she says like, yeah, you're right, or something like, shut up, quiet, or something like. Yeah. It, it's just like all these tiny little perfectly executed elements in the last 60 seconds or so, just like, Oh, what does it mean? Um, yeah. And if you look at that tree, I, um, I'm not an expert or any, anything on this, but I have as of recent, tried to learn a bit more about trees uh-huh. in doing a bit of bushcraft and stuff. Yeah. And ask Lauren. there's a lot of signs to, uh, see if a tree is on the way on its way out. Yeah, and right. the way that this root system is almost like up, up 
like looks the way it does you you yeah. I, I personally was like, "Oh, is it dying?" Or yeah, it not well, dying yeah, because it's... when a tree when a tree is dying, it doesn't mean the leaves aren't green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for a period in the tree's death, it sends all the waters all the water to its leaves and its seed. Yeah, to right. Hopefully, um, to populate procreate, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the tree is just like it's sort it's of totally ambiguously. It's like it's a a. a dead trunk this great big dead trunk sticking up out of yeah. this sort of like ring of green foliage so it's almost, it's just like this perfect like 50 50 of like well this is a tree that's like is half dead or it's half alive or something like what the fuck yeah. does it mean <laughs> but yeah that's great um so this this is all kind of um like the the ambiguous ending and not explaining everything all the way is uh in roundabout way it is anti-male gaze and that's sort of what yeah. this movie is um as a whole is part of the revisionist western or the anti-western um genre which i think you've done a bit of reading about haven't you i what, what i find kind of interesting is that i was introduced to the concept of what i'll call an anti-western like it being called an anti-western but if you if you ever search anti western on yeah, Google I know. <laughs> and don't throw other stuff in it, it's just like all Al Qaeda yeah, and it's like, like anti American <laughs> like ISIS stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's Which, fucked up. you know, it's interesting interesting in its own right, but not not really what I was looking for. Yeah. Um uh but I do like that term anti Western because that's sort of the idea, right, too, is 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 it's revisionist Western, you know, that, that makes sense. It's more it's more of a realistic look at um life on the frontier and uh you know you can even have a anti-western set today in, in in as long as it's in um you know california or, or the west right um but which was is a neo um anti-western wow but, put put uh, some more prefixes on that yeah right <laughs> post neo anti-western yeah but I like uh, I like the the term anti-Western because it's sort of to me it's like all this history of of essentially what created Hollywood, which is the Western film. Mm. The uh, people backtracking against that and going, hold on, uh, there was a lot of more, a lot more very interesting stories we could have told from this Western world and it's really bullshit that it was all this male gaze, white, white, like essentially white power yeah. filmmaking yeah. going on. Right. And, and, um, as soon as I learned about, um, anti-Westerns and what were the first anti-Western I watched? I think the first anti-Western you would have watched as well would be, um, Jago Unchained. Which is quite interesting. Yeah, Think yeah. of that in that way because it it's is. still incredibly male gaze, but it's anti-Western in that it has you know a black cowboy, mm -hmm. which is also realistic because I've said it on the podcast even further. A third of cowboys were black, right? And Native American. Uh, sorry, not Native American. Um, African -American, American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the Coen brothers have sort of dipped into that too with um, yeah. No Country for Old Men and some stuff like that. Which is a, a neo-anti-Western. Yeah, um, right. anti -Western. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anti-Westerns have been a thing for... They've been a thing since like the 40s and 50s. Like in, in yes. the, the really early stuff, uh, it was coming out right in the midst of McCarthyism. And um, as Wikipedia says, it was an attempt to strike back against the blacklisting of the film industry at the time, notably High Noon in 1952, starring Gary Cooper. So it was sort of this, like, this great revolutionary movement in the... I, I mean, I don't know how much traction it could have gained in the 40s and 50s because, like, there was still a lot of, like actual classic westerns that were reaching the peak of their popularity back then so i i think that it was like people were aware of it and people were starting that like this small revolution in the midst of like regular westerns getting their peak but it has mm -hmm. as we're seeing it has developed like this this movie i don't think we actually mentioned it but this movie mixed cutoff came out in 2010 so you yeah. know that's that's you know 60 years of this movement still going strong um, yeah, and and compared and now I, you you'd struggle to find a Western film, yeah, that is a true Western uh, unless it's like some fucking unforgiven. Uh, 
No, that's 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 what that is a anti-Western. You right? reckon? It's just it, yeah, one hundred percent. Like it's almost almost often it's also used as like the example by people that <laughs> are very smart because oh, I see it, it is it, it's it's because it's about this you know old guy who's like you know crumbling and um it involves the the stories of the women it involves all those other stories uh-huh. it still has a, a man at the center of, similar to Django yeah but um not this like you know young um powerful uh hero story yeah 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 it's uh it's a revenge story yeah um so yeah but um, um the, the the i went and went back and i watched this uh film called mrs and mr mccabe yeah right? M- mr um, mr mccabe and no mccabe and mrs miller oh isn't it mrs Miss, mr was it mrs. from McCabe? the 70s by um Robert um Altman? yeah <laughs> yeah uh, mccabe and mrs miller Oh, and Mrs. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry about <laughs> that. Anyway. <laughs> Too many prefixes. Um, yeah. Uh, and I actually didn't get to to the end of the movie just because of personal reasons. But I did quite enjoy it. Um, I really recommend it. I, I have to go finish it. Um, but the soundtrack is fucking Leonard Cohen. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, and it is just awesome because uh, the director um, loved Leonard Cohen's mov- music and was just like, hey, can I use this for a film? And he was oh, like, yeah, yeah, fucking go ahead. That would be cool to have my mu- music in a Western film. And it turned out to be a pivotal anti-Western film because it has this incredibly powerful woman character and also an incredibly re- realistic story because the power of women in the Western frontier is like greatly uh, mistold because they were essentially the most powerful people in most of these communities because they ran the brothels. Right, right, and yeah. the brothel is the center place for all the business. Yeah. And that's where all the money is going through. It's like your fucking Woolworths in Australia. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, 50% of the money made is going to to this, to these establishments, mm. which makes these women, like, incredibly empower, powerful. And that's what the film is sort of about. And but it, it, once I think- again, it still has that shade of, of uh, it needs a male story to be yeah. told. Uh, but sort I, th- of thing, but. I think that that um, like understanding the women's power in the society is told really well in um, Meek's cutoff because like yeah, it exactly. hovers so much on a lot of these like long drawn out shots are just the women like being the fucking backbone of this group. Like they get up early to light the fires so that they can cook breakfast. They are doing you know washing the dishes. They're like they're just it, it's it's so. They're telling the men to shut the fuck up every <laughs> yeah, now and again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so like, I love how this movie just sort of holds on like, no, these were really laborious tasks that people had to deal yeah. with. And a lot of the time it was just that like, this is just what the women would do. So yeah. I find it quite interesting. The, the role of the, the young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in he's soaking up all this misinformation and it's making the point that the only person to that is there to, you know, be uh to to stand to be a voice that's against that misinformation is is the women and even then they often like, you know, go unheard, go unbelieved because it's uh it's, you know, the man's uh power position in especially in a group like this where it's being led by this it's essentially insane man yeah. that is going on nothing but misinformation about the Native Americans, about, you know, the opportunity ahead of them, about how to survive out here, what out here is. Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite quite an interesting dynamic of that relationship. And then and then we see that boy be the catalyst for the connection between the uh it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see uh, in these stories a young person because then you think about, at least I think about, his, historically what era that young person is an adult in because yeah. that person w- is an adult in this situation. I believe this is mid-1800s. Yeah. So they're an adult come the, the 1900s. Mm-hmm. So, and just seeing what, you know what uh what shapes shapes people from d- different generations always well they they would they would see the industrial revolution yeah exactly you, you you always forget um uh people's 
how 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 long a human life spans and yeah yeah how history shapes it in that way uh, yeah um I, another neo western which I quite find quite interesting the fact that it does actually fit in that genre that we've had on the podcast uh, not we haven't had on the podcast we watched went and watched together is No Man's Land yeah um, that's true it is it is yeah. kind of a I mean I mean what what defines a Western, like... <laughs> a Western is, is just a movie set in whatever version of the frontier you would you would describe, mm, the Western like frontier, that. right? Yeah, okay, So, yeah. that is... To me, that's what it is. It's it's people living out in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen Nomadland, go check it out. It's on a bunch of streaming services by now. Like, it's an incredible movie, mostly about the experience of homelessness. And, and as you say, like, that kind of and, is and a... Death. It's funny to think about that as a frontier, as if that's something that we are like pushing. Well, I, I suppose we are moving more into that as homelessness becomes a bigger and bigger issue. But also, I, I suppose frontiers are often considered something that we push for. Like we, the frontier of a war yeah. is something that you want to push forward as as if you're on that side. And yeah. I, I guess it, or it's the also frontiers the of consciousness, is, right? You know, right. Furthest you've reached in within to you, yeah, within yourself, and that yeah. like ambition would push us to would push that frontier further. But yeah, like the, the frontiers of homelessness is like that's not exactly yeah. something we want to push forward. But as that movie does a good job of saying, like that's just the norm for like a huge majority of people. That's it's not like. Yeah. Uh, have you watched any of? That's uh, um, funny. I'm on um, on uh, your scene that you just watched. The last two movies you watched, right? <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the last movies that Matt and Matt watched. <laughs> they were Mockingjay, Mockingjay Part Two yeah. and Part Three, right? <laughs> no part. There's um, only two parts. Part one and part six, and then you've got Harry Potter, the the the, the boy who slept weird. Oh yeah, the part we watched two. that one a while ago. Yeah, and and then the Matrix. So man, nah, I've logged some real. Movies. I'm not trying to make him. <laughs> I think that those are the last four, which is just quite funny to me. Yeah, uh, and and proves. The point you were making earlier. Anyway. Um, Thanks. <laughs> have you seen any of uh, Kelly Reichert's other films? No, I haven't. Have you seen... I haven't seen First Cow. Okay. I know that you are very okay. excited about it and I would love to hear about it. Because First Cow is... Oh, man. She's so good at making such simple stories in and making them such a complex um, idea, you know, like... First cow is essentially just about a baker who has is stealing milk from a cow to make some treats. Hell yeah, but, love treats. But then it, it is you know ends up about being about like the bourgeoisie and capitalism in early America and the relationship between Chinese people and white people mm. and all these sort of things. And oh god, she's just it's just she's just good so time. good at That's it. Great. And it's quite cool to be alive for. You know, be alive and aware of what um, something like this. Uh, someone likes this. Uh, sorry, um, find the words. I'm a weird day. You got them. You got those words. Get them. Um, Grab them for their career, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'd like to talk about briefly my favorite um, genre. I think my favorite genre, mm. which is. Australian westerns. Ha-ha. So yeah. films like The Proposition and The Nightingale, which oh, yeah, dude. is one of the hardest <laughs> films to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but, but I also understand. so fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just you know have such a love for this because you know a western is such a perfect way to tell and uh Chana, jimmy black smith too that would that would count that's you know the frontier of colonialism mm-hmm. um to tell the the stories from australia that you know just sort of go untold is via an anti-western yeah like the nightingale you know you got this powerful woman anyway um what was that one? That, I don't know, what, what was that one that we saw in uh, cinemas together? I was just trying the, to think of that. Oh, the Inferno. Was it the Inferno? Yeah, 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 yeah. the Inferno. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. The Inferno is another good Which Australian anti-Western. It's um, it's about yeah. the Afghan. Oh, I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's about the um, yeah. Afghani and uh, the uh, just a lot of like South Asian immigrants um, and African immigrants who brought like camels over here to Australia and basically like figured out that after the colonials came through and were like our horses hate sand and there's no water for them to drink. <laughs> The people who fucking yeah. live normally lived it in cultures like that were like, yeah, man, you fucking use camels, <laughs> um, yeah. and it's really great. Like it, it is totally a um, a post Western or an anti Western, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But like Australia doesn't have that. We don't have that uh, as strong of a Western, like the classic Western culture as America does. Because like, it's true. Like, Just because, but at the same time, we still do have. A lot of films that I have not seen go basically unspoken about mm. or in the Western genre because that is, you know, our a lot of our art in general is just based on whatever the fuck America was doing at the time. Yeah. Did you ever get um, to watch Hate... Uh, what's interesting Hate is, uh, I think I might have said this on the podcast, the first feature film, feature-length film ever was a Western mm. about Ned Kelly. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's such and a- it's great to see, you know, that come full circle um with movies like the ones we're talking mm. about. Yeah. It's so weird that like Australia has that like achievement. <laughs> it's it's just We like- also I found out recently have the longest surviving surviving um is an important word for this, surviving uh sports team professional sports team in the world what who so professional sports team the melbourne the melbourne the Demon. melbourne <laughs> the, the melbourne, melbourne Demon is wow is it really longest surviving prevent professional sports team that's fucking crazy um, there is so the demons who you know they have a chance of winning the 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 grand oh, final someone's been year. talking to someone else who, who knows about football recently <laughs> so, i've been watching football and like no uh, anyway, uh, yeah, football's great. Um, no, I don't mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool though to know, like, because a lot of Australian shit, uh, especially for people, gentlemen such as ourselves, which are white gentlemen, the the worst kind of gentlemen. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, our history doesn't go very far back. Mm. If you know, sometimes even like you know. It is also like totally. I'm totally unaware of what my family looked like two generations. Yeah, ago yeah, yeah. For because real. it's just like not really even discussed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to see stories from that. Uh, yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about the actual film itself? I, I one thing I f- find quite interesting is why I asked if you um, watch this with anything anyone else is because this on my upon my second viewing of this. I was definitely, I definitely think it changed my opinion of the film because I, I already knew what was going to happen mm. and I had already seen it and I already, you know, loved the story and got everything I wanted out of the story. So watching this a second time was sort of, it it's was a little just, bit more tedious. You know, it drags on and it's, you know, it's such a slow paced yeah, film yeah, when yeah. The, the fact that I knew what was going to happen made it a bit of a bit of a drag yeah um, no i i think that um if i had watched this with other people that i wouldn't have uh, enjoyed it in the way that i did like i i find yeah. that some movies like this are i prefer to consume them just by myself and just be able to like you know be like mesmerized and excited anal- yeah, it, yeah yeah well not even analyze it just like just consume it with no other, no interruptions, no other influence or yeah. anything. And like, I think this is a movie, good movie to do that because I found a lot of enjoyment where I, like I read a lot of, I, 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 after movies like this where I'm left kind of conflicted, I usually like I'll watch a video essay or read some, some reviews or something. And a lot of people would just talking shit about how slow it was and how it's, you know, it's pretentious and it's self-righteous and all this shit. But I really found myself completely mesmerized by all of these long slow shots and it's i think it's really lovely and i don't i think it's also just a good reminder for me that 
when I finish a movie and think, well, that was boring, they should have cut, they should have cut out like 40% of that and it would have been more entertaining. Like it's not always, it's not always about like telling the story quickly and efficiently. Like in this movie, yeah. I feel like I would- a, This movie, which we haven't discussed yet, <laughs> is a lot about just the shots yeah, in the film itself it's- and how beautiful the film yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't even feel like that was just, you know, they, they were on location. They were like, wow, this is beautiful. We should do like a long shot of this. I feel like it was totally about just emphasizing how fucking meandering and tedious life was back then. Because like the Western genre is classically about, it's about good versus evil. And it's about these exciting shootouts in the street. And it's about chasing down the bad guys and action and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, that's not what life was back then, obviously. And uh, like as with any older culture life was really about just doing the everyday shit because it took so fucking long to make breakfast right like the and and i don't know i think it's it's kind of it's a nice uh historical piece in that sense because it lets you or it helped me to understand that yeah like that's that's kind of what life was back then but also it's a like very yeah, you know, it's a thinker. <laughs> like, it's it just yeah. gives you time to like. I don't know. I, I feel like I wouldn't have sat there and watched the whole credits after the movie and just thought about like, fuck, did they find water? Did they not find water? If the movie had yeah. been fast paced like that, and also I did yeah, the other. It doesn't even have sequences of on any excitement level. Because yeah, it's about it's about people that are fucking starving. Yeah, and it's also like, like I just find it funny that like one of the most in theory, one of the most exciting action set pieces where they chase down the Indian and capture him, they don't even fucking show that. They just show the no. people waiting for them. <laughs> like, yeah, I think exactly. that's that's pretty symbolic of um of like the the intended experience the the filmmakers were trying to go for. You know, yeah. um, I find it quite interesting if you go on Letterbox and and look at the reviews for this and there's just as we said mentioned earlier there's a lot of people like oh this was just fucking boring what the fuck's the point of this movie blah 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 and i think that that is like pretty valid totally of course because um yeah it you know not much does happen and um it is long and drawn out but that's the fucking yeah and that's that's the nature of trying to like if provide, you like that, if you like you like it, and if you don't, you don't. I think that's the nature of trying to provide like an objective review of a piece of art like this, where people will yeah. be like, "This movie was beautiful and mesmerizing, and made me think and change my life, and blah blah blah." And then other people are like, "This was boring, and it was way too long, and blah blah blah." But it's like, it's I don't know. I, I reviews need to start more sentences with. With my in my experience, it was blah blah blah. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. It's a review. Anyway, that's that's too deep in the weeds. But also the other it, thing is a is a review from Jory right on <laughs> March twenty uh, second of March two thousand seventeen. Unbearable. <laughs> I wasn't tired, but I tired. I tried to force myself to go to sleep to get through it, which is ridiculous. <laughs> that's not watching a movie <laughs> um, because I hated it so much. Fair. Yeah. Westerns are just not my thing. So yeah. well, okay. <laughs> um, this person thinks that this is the archetype of Western. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is a great movie to, to, Fall asleep to go to. and... Yeah. Um, someone says... It's terrible. The 9-11 of movies. Jesus Christ, why? Jesus Christ. Um, there, I don't there think there's else? been a moment in cinema that's made me more seemingly angry than the pretentious bullshit oh, yeah. that is the climax of this film. Spoiler alert, but dear God, read away anyway and save yourself from experience at first hand. And I... How long is this? Okay. I'm going to read this whole thing because I, fi- oh, I find it interesting All to right. see the perspective right. of it. Cool. I I say pretentious because it literally has no ending. <laughs> the film stops as we're about to discover the, the meek, I know, payoff uh, that the whole movie's been leading up to. That's the twist, that there was no twist at, or closure or anything. Fucking brilliant uh, person who wrote this. If it's... It's like if Alien was about to end and we were unsure whether Ripley would survive or not as she's face-to-face with the xenomorph. That... (laughs) 
this is a point where I go, that would have been fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> Do you not understand? Like, uh, yeah, that's it's just different, different ways of, of consuming it. Um, yeah, and some of them, some of them are fair points, and some of them are. I fucking love a good stupid. De- de- yeah, I, I love a good. Dis- Divisive film. Meg's like Cutoff yeah. and Alien are possibly the two farthest apart movies I could ever <laughs> think about. <laughs> wow. All right, let's let's wrap it up. Yeah. But I do want to mention before we wrap it up how great um, what Kelly Reicher does that I appreciate so much is historical realism. Yep. And one great way you can see that in this film is a the scene where she loads the fucking yes. gun? Yes. Oh my which, god! Like never happens. Isn't it? Happens in old western. So films. good. I fucking love yeah. that. Yeah. And and b the costumes yeah. and the way they have you know fucked up teeth and yeah. shit like that. And how how Meek is um, wearing those. Although at no point at no point did someone talk to someone else and go, Jesus Christ, it's like you died in your mouth <laughs> because that's what it would, yeah. <laughs> would actually be like. Um, Mix- oh, and one other thing I wanted to ask you is, have you seen a million? Ways uh, to die in the yeah, West. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's terrible. It's ridiculous and terrible. Yeah. But I was thinking about that the other night. That's actually very, it very interesting yeah, concept because, because people die all the time. It's something. Yeah, it's not something not broached. It's it's it, if it was done by someone else, I'll put it this way: if it was done by someone else, it could have been fucking brilliant because yeah, because God. it's such a ridiculous society, and no one ever in films talks too much about that side of it you know there's a scene in that movie where they have the mayor the mayor's died and his bit just being his body's just been laying there for three days in the street mm. and no one's done anything about yeah. it and that is like quite <laughs> quite a, a a real thing that could have happened mm. back then and it's it's very interesting to me yeah anyway um, um I, 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 <laughs> I did also um i want to try and bring back our little uh little recommendations slash what are you consuming at the end of the podcast Breakfast. we like to talk about other things too um and also i finally watched heat which is awesome <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it's so so great um have you seen it the the highest movie with robert nero and al Pacino? Um, the one where they... Don't spoil it. Uh, no, I didn't like that movie. You didn't like it? Yeah, Dude, it's so much I fun. didn't finish I it. I loved it. Oh, well, the ending is the fucking... Ah, oh, all right, well, yeah, you should but I didn't it. like it. I got, I got a point to the movie and I was like, this is stupid. I, I found the first half uh, to be so-so and the second half to be fucking brilliant. Yeah. I love the second yeah. half. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't generally uh, stop... Fin- stop watching yeah, I was gonna say. many films. Uh, maybe. Oh, there you go. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. But also, uh, the obviously the, um, the like other big uh, Western story influence that we have, particularly right now, is from games like Red Dead Redemption, Radio Two. Um, I've recently jumped back onto Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> which 2. is now like two, two, three years old. Yeah, right? it is. Fuck. Whoops. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, I recently jumped back on to Red Dead Redemption 2 because I didn't really get into it when I got it, but it's fucking great. It's just like, it it's a great video game. It's a cool story. Like characters are all very like thought out. It's just a good time. Um, I know yeah. you put like hours into that game. You finished that game. Like, I really love that yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that game also taught me how to play poker, which is pretty funny. Um, I'm also really bad at poker, so maybe I shouldn't have listened to that game. Anyway. Um, have you been watching, reading, consuming anything tasty recently? All I can think of is that this weekend I've been watching the new season of Rick and Morty and going, yeah. "Damn, this show is really it's good." Stupid good. Like, I hate, I hate, I hate walking around and just being like, "I don't want to talk about this show with anyone." <laughs> I know because but... it's going to be it's going to be a shit conversation. Yeah. And then and then any time because I uh, with a show like that. Uh, I always wait till the season comes out and then binge it, and that's what I'm right in the middle of doing. I'm just like, I think the season's finished. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Um, But I'm just just going, oh god, just fucking enjoying the absolute poo. Yeah, it's so great. It (laughs) It is great. What? Wait, what's the suicide move? Suicide Suicide movie. (laughs) Suicide Squad. Yeah, they um, re-released it this time. James Gunn made it. I know. Apparently pretty good. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I just wanted to talk Let's about get James Gunn. What do you think of James Gunn? I think he's pretty cool. Like from I, I've only I think I've I think he's really shit stuff. Why Why do you think he's shit? Yeah, 
The only well, movies I've take. enjoyed that he's Film Boy that thinks that Marvel director is shit. It's not Marvel. It is Marvel. He did Guardians of the Galaxy, and that was Marvel. Okay, but it's DC. Yeah, anyway. Um, no, I just don't like his movies. Okay, I watched. I watched. Um, other other than obviously Scooby Doo. Oh, did he um, do Scooby Doo? I actually don't know his filmography that well. So. Yeah. So he he did. Um, I think he produced Scooby Doo, but he he's done. <laughs> Gardens of the Galaxy, movie 43, which is oh, just dude. terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, and Slither, right? Okay. I sort of enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. but the rest of his his, his his movies are just terrible to me. And Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I just du- want to say good that. directors are made bad movies. shitty director. <laughs> I think, and yeah, uh, that's true. I don't know, Suicide Squad is not I, something that... I just watched Sliver, Sliver recently oh, yeah. and just was so conflicted by really? it. It's so shit <laughs> and also so much fun. Okay. And I think that was, I, I, I guess, sort of the idea of getting him to yeah, do... to just make a fun um, fucking this movie. This new Suicide Squad movie, this, which is why I'm interested yeah. enough to actually go watch but it. But neither of us are but that, anyway. like, invested in the... Suicide Squad, the DC and Marvel shit. So I feel like we could just get drunk and sit um, in a cinema and so be like, yep, everyone it's at fun. home, uh, Matt's just cut off for a second. Oh, he's oh, back. I'm back. Um, so we'll leave that I'm in. No, we'll mark that down. <laughs> Neither of us are really that invested in like DC or Marvel shit anyway. So like, I feel like we could just yeah. get drunk and see Suicide Squad at cinemas when lockdown lists and still have a really good time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and. It's probably just reflected of my mood today. I had a really good day yesterday, everyone, yeah. but today I'm just feeling a bit, um, bit down. That's all right. And it's a rainy the, day. The idea that I would just, it's a, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, that I would just bring up this guy's movies to shit on him. <laughs> That's but, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's shitty. <laughs> the movies are shitty. <laughs> all right. Well, use your James gun to shoot James in the head. Anyway. Uh, if you would like to find us on Instagram where we do a little post accompanying each, uh, podcast release every, well, it's supposed to be every week, but recently it's been every, whenever we fucking feel like it. Um, we are at Cinemang's podcast, uh, that's C-I-N-E-M-A-N-G-S podcast. And you can find Joel on Instagram at, what is your Instagram name this week? Cause it keeps fucking changing. It's radical acceptance. Okay, it's back to radical acceptance in cinnamon. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at smellsgood2ends. And if you would like to get in contact with the show, we'd really love to hear from you guys. You can email us at uh, cinnamangs. Is it at cinnamangs at gmail.com? Or cinnamang? I think it's cinnamangs at gmail.com. Just. You created it. You're right. I created it. I have no idea what it is. Anyway, we would love to hear from some listeners any stories you have related to movies about how they have impacted your life or any recommendations of movies you would like to like us to do or anything we would really love to hear from some of you guys so please reach out or we'll poop our pants and be really sad uh and with that joel there's only one thing left to say uh what is it there matthew i shit my i i mean i love you how many how many times did she shit she yourself this year? So uh, one, two, three, four. None, none, <laughs> no times. None. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. Um, me, me. Say it. We, uh, the podcast is done. Uh, Say it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love you. I love you. you.